Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. You guys have a good all-star weekend? You head to the beach? You guys get right, you know, <laughs> yeah. time away from I, the game? I don't think any of us went to the beach. Uh, nope. I got away from the game. Like, I literally did not – I had other plans and other things going on, so I did not see one second of anything to do with All-Star Weekend, which apparently was a shame for the last, for the fourth quarter of the actual game itself from what I could gather from social media and everything else. But, yeah, it was nice to kind of get away. Can I ask you a question, though, Orlando? What's that? In our intro, I've never thought of this. So you always say Jared's on my right, Mm -hmm. Nate's on my left, and the one and only Max and Barr. (laughs) How come I'm not the one and only Nate or Jared's not the one and only Jared? It takes a while to... To get that reputation, man. To get that respect, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh, Matt, Orlando, I can tell you I'm not offended by this in any way, shape, or form. Max, how did Max you... Max deserves it. Max, how did you garner this much respect when from you Orlando? you create Rip It. Oh, okay, that's yep. fair. Yeah, but what if you win it and they're dominating it? I don't know. What happens? I think... I, I don't know. I think I'm getting close to the one <laughs> See, and only territory. Thing, that's like, what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You don't need to, like brag up Nate because he brags himself up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More than enough for everyone. Exactly. I'm glad you guys are starting with the most important topic of conversation, just right off the top. I, I, thought, hey. it was, I thought it was funny today um, at practice. Uh, just got back from, from Tualatin, and CJ McCollum, you know, was saying, the All-Star break, it's good for everyone. It's, it's just like, you know, you guys. We get away from each other. You, you get a chance. Yeah. But there's a huge difference here. Big you difference, know. yeah. yeah they, they get to go to a, a beach. They get to go away for a while. We just, you know. They also have to deal with people day. like us ripping them for another two months. Yeah. And we yeah. don't have to worry about that. So. Yeah. So they didn't have to deal with us for a little while. But uh, the Blazers are back at the practice facility. Uh, Terry Stotts didn't want it want to talk anything about Yusuf Nurkic. No one wanted to talk about Nurkic. Uh, that's not a good thing. We don't know if he's practicing, if he's not practicing. Uh, he basically was – He was – was he there at all during I didn't practice? see him. But yeah. the way that it goes for, for the folks that don't know um, with the media is basically somebody comes out and says, okay, you guys can come into the gym <laughs> now. And whatever we see when we go into the gym is what we see. And it's pretty much at the very end of practice. And at that point, yeah. most of the time, guys are shooting around, getting free throws in. Or every now and then, you'll get some 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 gems of 
of guys actually doing stuff. Yeah. But um, I did not see Yusuf Nurkic when I was there. But that's not that doesn't really mean anything. I mean, for all we know, he was practicing. Yeah. But um, it just goes back to that point when Damian Lillard actually gave us something yeah, yeah, yeah. about whether or not Yusuf <laughs> Nurkic was doing stuff. So we don't know anything about him. I think we're all worried about a different Blazer right and, now. And, yeah, and and uh, that was really the, the topic of conversation today. And uh, it's always nice when Damian Lillard actually talks to you versus us asking Coach about another player. Yeah. And so uh, Dame has always been pretty honest and, and talked about how he's feeling and um, right out of the gates, he says, you know what, I don't, I don't think I'll be back for three to four games, and then even kind of said three to five after that. So mm-hmm. we're looking at a window of three to five games if all goes well for Damian Lillard, who says, you know, I can get up, I can do stuff, but um, he didn't practice today. Um, he says he's feeling all right and, and that he's progressing, but it's just not enough time to uh, be ready to play with, with a groin injury. And you know, it's better that he's cautious at this point. And that was kind of the consensus, too, with C.J. McCollum and Coach Terry Stotts is that, you know what, he needs to be right before he's out there. Yeah, this isn't really surprising to me. I mean, you look at Steph Curry and LeBron James last season, they both had moderate groin strains, just like Damian Lillard. And each of them missed a month, or in LeBron's case, a little bit more than a month. Um, and so I was expecting, I mean, the research I did last week, it was – even in a different sport in Major League Baseball, every time, you know, every report or headline I read about someone getting a groin strain, even a grade one strain, which I think is what Dame has, it talked about them being out three to four weeks. And so when when Chris Haynes reported one to two weeks last week, I, I thought, I don't, I don't really see that happening. And I think that he's going to miss at least another week or more after the All-Star break. And that's, a, that's what it looks like is happening. Yeah, that's uh, Jared's right. Last week he did say that, that I have a hard time believing he's not going to miss any more time. And, you know, three to five games is basically another week from where we are right now, so that would be two weeks from the time of the injury. And then uh, the Blazers have to be hoping that that's it, Yeah, that he'll just miss the next week's worth of games and that he'll be ready to go for the final 20-ish games of the year. And hopefully the team can kind of float along over these next three to five games so that they don't fall out of the playoff race uh, in the meantime because they, they certainly need Damian Lillard if they have any chance of making a postseason push. Yeah, there's no yeah. disputing that. If they want to get into the playoffs, they need a healthy Damian Lillard yeah. yep. to on, carry on them. the court to carry them. Yeah, And so that message at practice was, look, one guy's not going to be able to replace Damian Lillard. Yeah, We're going to need everybody to elevate their game and play much better. Obviously, C.J. McCollum is the first guy that comes to mind in terms of needing to step up, and we're going to talk a lot about C.J. in a minute. So you guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions. So there's three answers, and you can find those on KGW.com. We dive right into it. Number one is, with Damian Lillard expected to miss multiple games, the Blazers will look to Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons to take on larger roles while Lillard is out. Which player is better equipped to step into a larger role right now and which player has higher upside going forward? And to me, when I answered this question, I was trying to put myself in the mindset of the Blazers. And so the Blazers right now are all in on trying to get that eight seed and get, and continue their consecutive season streak of reaching the postseason. So with that in mind, from that perspective, to me right now, Gary Trent Jr. is the guy that you have to give a larger role to. Because I think he gives you a better chance of winning 
right now in the calendar year 2020. So over the last uh, month and a half, basically, worths of games, Gary Trent Jr. has shot 40% from three, 45% from the field, has nearly 10 points per game, has been a better defensive player than Anthony Simons. You move CJ to point guard, have Gary Trent Jr. play the two, and he's proven that he can be a valuable role player and a hot shooter depending on the night. We saw what was against the Heat. He made six threes against them and really turned the tide at the end of that game. There was another game during that stretch where he uh, got hot in the fourth quarter and hit like four threes and really put made an impact on that game. So for me, for the perspective of we're winning now, we're trying to get to the playoffs, let's play Gary Trent Jr. But the other part of the question is who has the upside going forward? And you guys know the answer to this. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. We all know the answer to this. It's still Anthony Simons. Yeah. And uh, last yeah. week I brought some cherry pie. Yeah. Um, and I, and that I was a good time. That was a good time. And I talked about how Anthony Simons was the guy moving forward that I wanted to – that I thought would average double digits points per game the rest of the season. Ooh. And someone asked, well, where's the Anthony Simons jersey? Yeah, I thought man. you had – well, well oh, here, gentlemen. Oh. Well here, gentlemen. Here we go. Is, uh, Here it is. Undressing, guys. He's undressing yes. his shirt. This is the first undressing on the three-on-three three Blazers podcast <laughs> right now. The last. Let's oh, do it. Wow. <laughs> it's not nearly He's as bad as the Red He's got the Red Rip City. Yeah, baby. Oh, Let's man. do this. Well done. Let's well do done. this. That's nice. He is undoubtedly the man moving forward. Trent Jr., like I said, could potentially be a – has proven that he could potentially be a valuable role player moving forward, a spot-up shooter type player. But to me, Anthony Simons is still the type of player who could be like a C.J. McCollum type scorer in this league. Someday average 20 or more points per game. And so his ceiling is much higher. And yeah, he's had rough streaks this year, but he's 20 years old. This is the first time in a couple seasons, he's in a couple years actually, he's gotten consistent playing time out there on the floor in the first time ever at the NBA level. And we've seen him show flashes. Remember that last game before the All-Star break? Dropped 22 points, hit yep. six three-pointers against the Memphis Grizzlies. And if the Blazers weren't so focused on a playoff push, I'd say play Simons and get him all the minutes you can to get him all the experience he can. But that's not where the Blazers are right now. So from their perspective, I say play Gary Trent Jr., from fandom and my jersey's <laughs> perspective, Dude, give Anthony it, all the minutes, man. It's crispy. Give him all the minutes. That's crispy. Looking good, man. Yeah. It's, it's sharp. Man, they might give him all the minutes anyway because with Damian Lillard out, you've got to fill 96 minutes. That's true. <laughs> at the guard position, and you basically got three guys. Mm -hmm. So they're all – I mean, C.J. McCollum obviously is going to play a ton, but you're going to get a lot of minutes for Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons. So kind of what I looked at – you know, I'm going to start with who uh, who's better long-term. And I, I agree with you. I think that Simons has more long-term upside. I think he can be a, a more in, impactful player. But I also think that Gary Trent Jr. has closed the gap considerably this season, which I don't think any of us expected. Oh, man. And that might be the most positive development of this season for P the Portland Trailblazers. Even if he you know, only maxes out as a solid role player, that, that's much more than I thought he was going to be, and that's yeah. great for the Blazers going forward. Um, but I, I do think that Simons is just you know a better player long term. Um, but you look at their strengths and their – we're just going to kind of focus on their strengths. You look at their strengths and, and where they fit better, I think that you've got to start Gary Trent Jr. because he fits so much better with the starting lineup. You move C.J. McCollum over to point guard. First, Gary Trent Jr. right now is a better defender than Anthony Simons, and he's a much better spot-up shooter. Yep. And that means he'll help space the floor more effectively with players like McCollum – 
Carmelo Anthony, Hassan Whiteside, all three of those players need that space to be to be impactful and effective. So he's a prolific spot-up shooter. I didn't know he was this good. I mean, I know he's a good shooter, but almost 40% of his offensive plays are spot-ups, and he, he scores 1.24 points per possession, which is in the 92nd percentile. He's one of the best spot-up shooters in the NBA on a pretty high volume, too. Yeah. Jared's bringing it right yeah. there with that one. There you go. Now Simons isn't. No, he's not good. He's a spot up <laughs> well, shooter. It, he he shoots. He you know he shoots spot ups uh, less. Twenty four percent of his offensive plays averages less than a point per possession. He's in the thirty yeah. fourth percentile. So he doesn't fit as well with the starters as Gary Trent Jr. does. But Simons has strengths that that make him better suited to have the ball in his hands with the second unit yeah. with either C.J. McCollum, who's also a good spot up shooter, or Gary Trent Jr. alongside him in the second unit. His main strengths are as a ball handler in the pick and roll, kind of like Dame and CJ. He averages 0.94 points per possession, which in that category is in the 74th percentile. And as an ISO scorer, he averages more than a point per possession, is in the 81st percentile. So you've got Gary Trent Jr. starting, and his strengths fit that starting lineup. And then you have Anthony Simons getting more minutes and hopefully being in a role where he can succeed as the lead ball handler on the second unit. And I think it works out. I mean, I don't think it means that, like, it's like you said. I mean, you can't replace Damian Lillard. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see what they can both do in a larger role because I think that they're going to need both of them. You just took the words right out of my mouth, man, because that, that's really what it is. Like, they need both. This, yeah. this comes down to both of them. And so it's not an either or, but uh, for the sake of the question and really having to pick a side, um, yeah, we're not fence straddling here a lot, yeah, though. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. Don't, yeah. get, don't get me wrong. But uh, Gary Trent Jr. Has, has been really efficient and has earned um, this conversation. Yeah. Because to your point, Jared, like, he was an afterthought. Yeah. I, I really didn't think he would he would have much of an impact on, on this team well, and I on mean, this season. If the Blazers stayed healthy, he still wouldn't. Right. Um, yeah. But he's made, know what but he's he made the most oh, he of, absolutely has. of his opportunities. And defensively, uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. And as you said, he's been money uh, when, when it's come to shooting the rock. So for me, when I looked at these two players, I thought, well, the more conservative, like safe pick is Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Because you know what you're getting. Whereas Anthony Simons is still coming along. And one night, you're going to get a home run. Totally. Other nights, you may strike out. Yeah, look at there's no doubt the the upside and the ceiling that Anthony Simons has is incredible. The the man can create his own shot, and that alone elevates your game to uh, being a star in this league. Yeah. Whereas Gary Trent Jr., it's his game's just a little more cleaner. He's more of a spot up guy. So uh, to answer the question, it, it's Anthony all the way. But you just hope that um, there's a few less of those slumps yeah. during this period, and <laughs> yeah. he's able to maybe knock down that first shot or two that he takes to give him that confidence that you can go get buckets because that's what they need right now. They need a lot of points, and like you said, hi him off the dribble is is a lot of fun to watch too. So I think I think me wearing his jersey is going to spark this, this great run it. over the last 25 games for young Anthony. If man. he does, are you prepared to wear the jersey every day? Because yes, yes. That's what this comes down. Yes. To. I can get away Why with not? it. You guys had no idea I was wearing it all when I got into work today the I entire no time. I had no idea, man. Yeah. That jersey has just lifted yeah. my spirits. It, it's I, a good-looking jersey, it. huh? It's the red Rip City one. Yeah. Oh, I like it. The uh, the, the rallying cry right now, dude. Yeah. Like, Jared is speaking on behalf of all of Rip City <laughs> the way he feels. Number one. <laughs> I will say um, you can – 
we published a three-on-three Blazers article on KGW.com, and something that Orlando wrote in his answer what? for this question that he left out here that surprised me is that over the past 10 games, Anthony Simons is shooting like 52 or 53% it's from three. crazy. And granted, part of that is that, that six or game. seven yeah, game against Memphis. Memphis game. But still, I mean, I looked at uh, – I, I was like, well, there was that game, so – what was he shooting, you know, in the nine games before that? But even then, he was shooting you know, above forty percent. So he has been playing better. He has been shooting better. So this might just be the start of something good for him. I also said that on last week's podcast that he oh, had been you? playing better. Yeah, that's true. You I did. brought it up. Oh, not ten games. It was only over six. So Orlando, way to go! You extended it even further to better my argument. It's all about me here. I Come on, the, uh, back he just couldn't, yeah. he couldn't stand me giving <laughs> Orlando a compliment. Yeah. He's like, let me get in there and make this yeah. about me, <laughs> especially something he wrote man come on i'll but, let it go because of that jersey thank you <laughs> question number two there's been an uptick in criticism of cj mccollum lately what yeah well, yeah if you're on blazers twitter what's oh up man. with that yeah with blazers fans and media saying he hasn't shown improvement and isn't doing enough to help the team this season are those criticisms fair Take us away, Jared. You were the one who said C.J. McCollum would exceed expectations this year on the Blazers roster. And he has not, and I've kind of wanted to see him take that next step each of the past few seasons, and he hasn't. But I still don't think these are fair criticisms because just because I wanted him and, and hoped that he would take that next step doesn't mean I have unrealistic expectations about who he is as a player. And if you look at him as, you know, for who he is, he's living up to what he's supposed to do. The problem is his best season was four seasons ago, the 2016-17 yeah. season. He set career high in points, 23 points per game, career highs in efficiency. He had 48% from the field, 42% from three, 91% from the free throw line, led the league. Each of the three seasons since, he hasn't reached that level of scoring or efficiency. But that doesn't mean he's been inefficient, and it doesn't mean he's been bad. The past three seasons, he's still averaging 21 points per game, 45% from the field, 38% from three, and 83% from the line. That's good. You've got a player, a shooting guard, who can go get you 20-plus points on efficient percentages and create his own shot. There's a lot of value in that, both in the regular season and especially in the postseason. We saw that uh, in the Denver series. 100%. So, no, I think those criticisms are unfair. I mean, <clears throat> he's a very valuable player. And I went to look and see. I mean, what you have with, with CJ, we know what his weaknesses are. But what his strengths are is that he can score, he can create his own shot, and he's, he's a good shooter. So I looked up which players this season in the NBA are averaging at least 21.2 points because he's averaging 21.3, shooting 44.5% from the field, 38.2% from three, and 74.9% from the free throw line. There's only six players in the NBA who are doing that, and CJ is one of them. The others are Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, surprisingly, oh. he's such an efficient player, Brandon Ingram, Zach Levine, and Kyrie Irving. That's really good company. I mean, that's what CJ is. And so if you want him to be an all-NBA level player, or if you want him to be James Harden or something like that, he's not, and he's never going to be that. But what he is is a very good player. Right now, the Blazers' second-best player, and he's an extremely valuable to this team. And we're going to see what he can do now with Damian Lillard out for who knows how many games, what he can do to step in into, into that role, into a number-one role, and what he can do in that, in that role. And I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. 
Yeah, Jared's right. This is all about kind of your perspective and your expectations uh, of C.J. McCollum. I wrote in my written answer, I didn't know Jared felt the way he felt, but uh, <laughs> if you were someone like Jared who believed C.J. McCollum could take the next step this year or has hoped that that would be the case either of the past seasons, then yeah, you're probably disappointed because he's been exactly the player he's been for now two to three seasons. And I think we just have a hard time sometimes just like accepting that someone is what they are when they're not a star yeah. type player. Uh, and CJ McCollum isn't, you know, an all-star. That's not who he is, but he's in that next tier of players below all-stars that is really good and can really help a team win games. And if you're looking for someone to blame for all the bad things that have happened to Portland this season, CJ McCollum is not the person to look to. There's so many other things that have gone poorly this season that if now you're taking it out on C.J. McCollum, you're just grasping at straws here because you're just running out of people to blame for why this has gone so poorly. And But if you accept C.J. McCollum for what he is, he's been doing exactly what he's done the last two seasons. Jared, a year or two ago, I don't remember if it was season one or season two of the podcast, you referred to C.J. McCollum as a glorified Lou Williams. Yes, I did. And I remember when you said that, I thought, wow, that was pretty spicy. That was a nice little <laughs> hot take there from Jared. And then like, and then you made your argument, and I didn't really want to listen to it then, but you <laughs> made it. It made some sense. And I kind of kept that in mind as we view CJ moving forward, and that's kind of like what he is. He's, he's Lou Williams-type player. They're very similar players in that they're – their primary asset when they get in the game is they can be a secondary scorer for you who can at times carry the torch and lead the way for you offensively. And that's what their strengths are, and that's what they play to. So if you view C.J. McCollum from that perspective and just accept this is what he is, then the, the criticism is completely unfair. But I think there are some people who, are just, who, who want more from him and want him to take another step when – Maybe this is just who C.J. McCollum is, and that's okay. Man, you guys are so nice. <laughs> oh, you're going to bring <laughs> it, huh? I think that C.J. would probably be more upset with what you guys had to say than what I'm going I'm to sure say. Yeah. I'm sure he would be. I'm sure he would be. That's a fair point. That's fair, but I think we're probably being more realistic than C.J. every year proclaiming he's going to make the All-Star team and then not even being in the conversation. And I feel like he it's okay to have those criticisms of C.J. McCollum and – the role that he has with this team, that's what comes with the territory. So let me, I'm, I'm fine with it if, yeah. if people want to take shots at CJ right now because he has to play better. Like, this team needs him now more than ever, and it's yep. been that way for a, a while now. So, yes, expectations are going to vary from fan to fan and person to person. But he's the second best player on this well, team. Well, that's why I was going to ask. So last year he was the third best player on this team, and no one complained about C.J. McCollum not being good enough. And he was the third best player on the team until Nurkic got hurt. There like, were there were complaints about him during the regular season last year. Right. And, and my point is you bring up three seasons ago. We all got a chance to see what C.J. McCollum can be. We brought up the Denver Nuggets series. Yeah. We're reminded again about how good C.J. McCollum can be. So I think the criticisms are fair because he needs to, and I think he is a better player than what he's showing. And the numbers, as you mentioned, are, are good. Like they're, they're, cool. what, they're exactly they're cool. what they've been for two years yeah. in a row. Yeah, they're cool. But he's shown the ability that he can be better. 
Yeah, at times, I think, though. I think comparing him to you know what he did in the Denver series and holding that as a standard for C.J. McCollum would be like comparing Dame to this recent hot stretch he went on. And then if he doesn't average 45 points and 10 assists and shoot – crazy percentages and you're like well what's wrong with Dame yeah and I you know I don't think you can pick cherry pick someone's best performances and say that's who they should consistently be no and I don't, I don't I'm not saying that but what I am saying is that when they are that good you know that they can do that at certain points yeah and this is a time of the year that's when fair. when Blazers have needed that and that's why Blazers fans are so frustrated yes there are more gl- things to poke at because of the crappy season that they've had yeah. and all the injuries but when you do need someone to step up, like Damian Lillard has answered the call. Like yeah. he said, oh, uh, oh, you guys need more of me. You need yeah. me to score more. You need me to take over games. Cool. But C.J. McCollum has to have that same mentality. But yeah, isn't I, that the difference between Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, though? The difference between a true bona fide superstar all-star versus a guy who's a very good player, but he's just not that all-star player. To yeah. a degree, but C.J. has shown he can he can really elevate his I'm game. I'm glad you – yes. And if C.J. – if Denver series CJ all of a sudden shows up mm-hmm. post All Star break, even without Damian yep. Lillard, yep, it changes the calculus a little bit of what this team can do without Lillard. Yes, because Denver series CJ McCollum is a transcendent player. I just don't expect him to reach those levels just whenever the Blazers need him to. Yeah, and that was the last thing that I, I'm glad that you brought up that I wanted to mention Nate about Nate did CJ. not agree with me, by the way. Oh, my God. That changes the calculus without Lillard? He was making faces at Yeah, me. no. If they, like, without Lillard, like, we're underestimating, like, what all they have to replace. Like, CJ McCollum playing a little bit better and playing at his best ability does not cover not having Damian Lillard on the team. I didn't say it did. You hinted. I said it, it. changed the calculus. Change the calculus. Not by much, expect, my friend. What I expect without Damian Lillard is that this, this team is going to fall apart. Yes. But if C.J. McCollum comes out and plays like he did in the Denver series last year, then maybe they don't fall apart. Maybe they kind of tread water, which is what they've been doing until Lillard comes back. And then they've got this crazy easy schedule where they could make that push towards the playoffs. I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to predict happens but if cj mm. goes oh so, nervous, so you're not saying that's what's gonna happen no and you know i do this stuff <laughs> I, but if like cj goes supernova yeah i'm giving the blazers a chance and those are the intangibles that go along with damian lillard's greatness but if cj mccullum elevates his game like he has in seasons of the past mm-hmm. where post all-star break he plays better that's going to rub off on guys like you're going to make the people around you better and that's going to give you a chance in games yeah, yeah. And if I think he's going supernova, then that's carrying down to Gary Trent Jr. Then he's playing better. Anthony Simons is playing better. Hassan Whiteside is playing better. I'm saying there's a chance. All right, Max, what do you think about CJ right now? Is it fair for people to criticize what he's doing, or do we just accept who he is as a player right now? I think it's somewhat fair. I'm disappointed with the free throw percentage. Yeah. 75%. That's not good. And it's been and really bad shooter, lately got to knock down at least 80%. Mm-hmm. But he's going up there, and he's missing two in a row at the line. That's unacceptable. What was he three me. years ago, like 91? Yeah, yeah 91. 91. He's been over 90 before. Yeah, yeah that's a huge The past two off. seasons, he was 85, 86, 87%. For some reason, this season, he's down. And, and over the past month, I mean, he's shooting like 50-something percent from the free throw line. It's crazy. The, the dog days of the NBA season, that's what, that, <laughs> that's yeah. what the past month has been for those guys, that last month before the All-Star break. One thing I think was interesting that we didn't bring up at all was, you know, how much money he's making. Like, yeah. that is a completely different conversation, Yeah. Uh, whether he's overpaid or not. 
but I just and I don't necessarily want to get into it. I but do want to go down that road that, sometime. That okay. does play into yeah. yeah that does play into some of the expectations. Mm-hmm. Is he's paid like a like a max type player, and so he should perform like a near max type player, and he's just he's not that. And like we said, if Yusuf Nurkic is at his best, CJ's not even the second best player on this team. We forgot to mention it was Rip City Day and, you know, oh. Bill Shonley. Well, I thought that's what the jersey did. See, I, you know what Bill Shonley used to say? Got to make free throws. Harkening, man. yep. I was going to say, harkening back to Max. He yep. used to say, yep. you've got to make your free throws. That's what what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the, the playoffs or that push that the Blazers can or cannot make. And it's question number three, prediction time, baby. All right. So how are we doing this year? Oh, same as last week. No movement from last week. No movement. (laughs) Well, maybe we should remind the people who maybe missed last week's podcast. You should want me to remind people, Jared. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, so Jared, woo, 37 and 16, man. man. You're like like the Boston Celtics here at picking (laughs) games. Uh, Orlando, only three games back. Uh, That's not as big of a gap as the Blazers, so you still got a puncher's chance here <laughs> at 34 and 19 and I am four games back uh yep. 33 and 20 and I'm gonna have to start making up ground at some point here guys start going crazy and making some wild picks well now is your chance my friend okay will you do it though we'll find <laughs> out to say no you're gonna whoa <laughs> all right so here whoa. we go here we go the Blazers play three home games between now and our next podcast Friday against the Pelicans who are 23 and 32 Sunday against the Pistons, who are 19 and 38, and Tuesday against the Celtics, they're 38 and 16. That's that's only half a game better than Jared's season prediction <laughs> record. <laughs> which games do the Blazers win, and which games do the Blazers lose? Okay, so for me, this this is all about: do I pick them to go one and two, or do I pick them <laughs> to go 0 and three? That that's what it came down to me here, because. Uh, they play the Pelicans on Friday, and, yeah, without Lillard, the Blazers are definitely not going to win that one. Uh, the Pelicans sweep the season series there on that. And then the Celtics, even if Lillard was healthy, I'd pick Boston. He's not, so that makes it a no-brainer to go with Boston. So the Pistons, it comes down what are to you the 19-38 do? and 38 Detroit Pistons. This is one you can make up some ground. This is one where I can make up Maybe. some ground. And I, and I really searched. I searched to go with 0-3. And... I'm fairly certain both of you are also going to pick one and two. Pick them to beat the Pistons, lose to the Pelicans and Celtics. But I just can't. <laughs> I can't. They're I asked, pretty bad. They are bad, and they traded players. <laughs> they've had, they bought out players. I asked Jared, like, if you can name more than three players on the Pistons right now, like, kudos to you. three healthy players? Yeah, kudos <laughs> like, to you. You don't get, like, is, the easy Blake we, Griffin. Jared like, and I looked at is who – Derrick pl- Rose their best player? Uh, him or Kennard? Yeah. Well, Kennard's still hurt. Yeah. He's not going to play in that game. Yeah, like, he's their best active player right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, Jared and I looked at who played uh, their, their last regular season game before the All-Star <laughs> break, and it was a who's who of eighth men out there, basically, <laughs> for the Pistons. So, I mean, the Blazers are kind of like that right now in terms of who's healthy sure. and whatnot. So maybe, maybe this will be close. I think it actually will be close. But, man, I can't pick the Pistons to beat the Blazers, man. I, j- I just can't. So... I'm going to make up ground some other week, one and two. It's the perfect game for your boy to go off, <laughs> right? It, yeah, it is a perfect game. Yep. That's why yep. the Blazers are going to win. Yep. Yep. Well, I don't disagree. That there we go. Yep. One and two. Pick. Yep. One and two. You know what's funny is Nate was searching 
just scouring everything he could to find <laughs> yeah. a way to pick the Blazers to go 0-3. And, and I was ex- the exact opposite. I was trying to find a way to pick the Blazers to go 2-1. and one. Looking at the Pelicans game. <laughs> Jared, eternal optimist. I, I really it. wanted to pick the Blazers to beat the Pelicans, and I had all these arguments swimming around in my head. Was Zion stopper Trevor Ariza no. part of the argument? <laughs> no, I just figured Zion was going to get his and they'd win some other way. Okay. Uh, you know, Portland's going to be rejuvenated after their break. It's really hard to beat a team four times in, in a season. The Blazers are due, but I just I can't do it without Lillard. Yeah. You know, he, that's, that's the nail in the coffin for me. So I'm going to pick the Pelicans to beat the Blazers. Uh, the Celtics, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Even if Lillard was playing, I would not have picked the Blazers to beat them. So that's a Boston win. And I do think Dame or no Dame, the Blazers are just a better team than the Pistons. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a, a one and two week. I wanted to go two and one, but I couldn't find the logic to make it happen. Please get well soon, Dame. <laughs> I just wish the Pistons had anyone, like anyone on the roster. Don't uh, don't sleep on this guy Christian Wood. Yeah, yeah Christian he, Wood, he dropped nice. like 26 in that game before the All-Star. He's, they got rid of he's the kind of player that kind of gives Whiteside problems. So I'm not changing. <laughs> <laughs> we got any mail? You've got mail. Sounds like we do. Wow. We do. Nice. You ask and you shall receive, my friend. Uh, we got a lot of listener questions this week. Thank you to everyone who submitted one. Jared, oh, how, did, stack, how did these man. questions come in? All right, so you can send questions to our email at 3on3blazers at gmail.com. You can keep an eye on Twitter. You can send questions to us anytime during the week, and we'll store them away and use them. We will put out requests on Twitter asking for questions. You can respond to those tweets. And every now and then I'll go and post a request for questions in Blazers fan Facebook groups. And if you see them there, then throw us some questions. We're happy to answer them on the podcast. All right, guys. First question is from our buddy Matthew, the Reverend Romulus. He always comes through. Yes, he does. His favorite podcast. He wants (laughs) to know, are we fans more foolish for expecting more out of CJ, who is basically playing like he always does, or thinking Nurk returning after being out for so long will be enough to vault the team into the playoffs? And he always brings it. Is is he producing this pod? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's well done, Matthew. Uh, so which one are we more foolish of? I think you're more foolish for expecting more out of CJ because, like I just said, like Orlando's right. CJ would probably be upset with the way I talked about him because he should feel that way. He should want to be his best and continue to improve and get better. But sometimes you just are what you are, man. And so – to me, that's where I'm at with CJ. He is what he is, and so expecting more out of it when this is what he's been for three to four years now, uh, that that seems more foolish to me than than Nurk potentially coming back and being able to help the Blazers make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll play devil's advocate. I think that it's okay to expect more out of CJ just because he's a you know a kind of a star player. But if you think Nurk is going to come back and immediately make a big difference when he's been out for a year, I uh, I don't remember even how it came up last night, but I was sitting in my living room with my 10-year-old son, Ryan, and he asked me about Nurk, like when Nurk was coming back. And I told him, we don't really know. And he asked uh, about his injury because he didn't really remember much about it. 
And so I foolishly pulled up oh, the no. video on YouTube, and we watched it. Oh, wow. I can't believe this man is going to be able to come back from that. Like, yeah. I don't know if I ever watched it like that. You know, I think that I remember it happening, but I didn't go back and watch the replay because you don't like to do that. And it was it was just shocking. And so to come back from that, one, it's a miracle that the human body is able to recover from something like that. But then we should have realistic expectations for what what he faces when he does come back. And I I still think it will be a great boost for the team emotionally. I think that he will be an upgrade to what they have right now in the few minutes he, he does play. But we should be very realistic about about what he faces when he comes back. And it's going to be, uh, I, I think that the NERC that we remember, let's wait until next season before we expect that out of him. Yeah, it's exciting to think back to the Yusuf Nurkic that we saw when they went on their magical run and the type of player that he can be when he's at his peak. But we even would catch ourselves from time to time being like, well, you know what, let's let him get acclimated, yeah. let's let him get right, because it's in human nature to want that. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's only fair that when he does come back, like, give it some time, temper expectations, because it's going to be a little while to get back to – that Yusuf Nurkic that we saw when he was playing at his best. So which take is more foolish? Expecting more out of CJ or expecting Nurk could help the Blazers make a playoff push? Oh, expecting Nurk, man. You, you heard my position on CJ right now. Okay. Even though I'm still <laughs> mad at him at Rip it, I haven't forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, CJ's burning you all. Uh, you know, yeah, some, some of us just have CJ down on yeah, this man. podcast. When we pick him on Rip it, he wins. Yeah, dude. When we say he is what he is, he's oh. going to be what he is. <laughs> I know, man. All right, Chadwick Davis wants to know, who could be this year's Ennis Cantor in the buyout market for the Blazers? First of all, I don't think there's a chance no. that the Blazers are going to spend any money in the buyout market because they showed during the trade deadline that they wanted to save money. But if they were going to, I think it's, and he hasn't been bought out, and I don't know if he will be bought out, but it's bringing Maurice Harkless back to Portland. He would be the answer to, because what do they need? They mean they need more help at small forward. And I think a tandem of Trevor Ariza and Maurice Harkless is a pretty nice tandem at small forward. I wish it would happen. I don't think it will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go the other way on Jared said the Blazers are trying to save money, so they're not going to bring in a player. No player would want to come to the Blazers at this mm, point this point. season as compared to last year when they are in the hunt. So yeah. that's why I don't think they would be in the buyout market because I don't think a player would consider coming to Portland for the rest of this season. That's a solid take, Nate. No one. All right. <laughs> okay, Orlando. All right. Hey. Next question. Ooh, all right, over there. I, I moved on from that one, man. I'm like, no one's coming here, man. Pretty simple. <laughs> Christopher Harris asks, why is Stotts having such a difficult time with a working lineup? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's injuries. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was looking at lineups, and every starting lineup that the, Blazer, that the Blazers have had except for one has had a positive net rating. So, you know, he's been able to find some lineups that work. But if you look back at the, and granted, three games, super small sample size, but when the Blazers were healthy, that starting lineup with Collins and, and Hood was effective. It was a plus 26 net rating. I mean, it was humming, outstanding. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's not like they played bad teams in those first three games. They played the Nuggets. They played the Mavericks on the road. Yeah. And I don't so remember the second what are, game. What are they it's up injuries, to? man. It's 20, injuries. 20, 21 different I think lineups? so, something like that. It's got to yeah. be That's among incredible. the highest in the league, if not yeah. the top. Lack of stability. That, Jared's right. It's injuries. Yep. All right. Jacob Seeley 
asked on Facebook, is Whiteside going to come back next oh, year? Oh, no. Let's not do this again. Oh, We're back. No. But the triggered meter. Oh, no. No. He will not be back next year. No, no, no. I mean, he can't, right? No, exactly. I mean, seriously. Even if, like, even if he has no market and the Blazers could get him for 7 or $8 million a year, why? No, don't be tempted by it. It's <laughs> just like you can't play him and Nurkic together. Yeah. And neither of them are going to be happy with the reduced roles. Just stay away from it. Go. The only way, and he wouldn't even be back, the only way the Blazers should re-sign him is if it's in a sign and trade. That's it. Yes. What about you, Orlando? You want to see uh, the big man back? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that ain't happening. Yeah. Come on. All right. Come on. Oh, oh, that got me all fired <laughs> up again, though, man. Oh, my gosh. Like, why? Cheers, right. Like, yeah. why? It like, was like a preview to our off-season pod. Like, like go oh, and get someone who now. can actually help your team. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, Gerald Lynn McGee. I want to defend Whiteside on that. I just I don't have I, It's, it's, not, not, about, taking, it's I don't not, not about Whiteside's talent or ability or skill. Right. If there was it's about Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> yeah. Fit. Yep. Any update on Zach Collins returning to game action? No. No. Also, also uh, another player that Terry Stotts would not talk about. <laughs> <laughs> he said something vague like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. What we know Whatever is that, that he's supposed to be reevaluated early March. March. What happens beyond that, we don't know. We'll see you next season, Zach. Get well soon. Well, I hope we he talked comes last. Back we season. talked about this last week that we hope he actually is able to come back and get more reps, get more minutes this year, but. Uh, yeah, that's a possibility yeah. that we won't see him again this year. Rose Wild asks, with all the injuries this season, how do you encourage each other and watch out for each other to keep the drive strong for a playoff spot? I think injuries just create that organically. I think that when everyone sees that you have to step up and it's it's next man up, I think it just kind of creates that camaraderie and you automatically have each other's backs. You're supporting your teammates who are down. You're supporting your teammates who are in a new position and opportunity that they may not have had otherwise. I think it just injuries like this, it, it creates a greater team camaraderie and a greater team spirit. I think you're all in it together, man. Yeah. Like, like not coming together is just going to make things worse. Like you're all having to deal with the same problems. It's not like, yeah, you're just all in it together. By the way, when Max first read this question, I wondered if Rose was talking about the team or talking about, about us. us. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah when, when he was reading this question. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how we've gone through we, this season We encourage together. each other through the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando, you've it's been a, we're, we're all in this. Space. We're all in this together. Don't say – Max has learned that. Don't say that around me. <laughs> Orlando, you've been in the locker room more than, than the rest of us. How do you see – briefly the chemistry with this team this season look man in in locker rooms in general when there are issues or problems or drama that that comes up these things either make you or break you and the one thing that the blazers have been really good about is that quote-unquote locker room culture that they have that you know a lot of credit goes to damian lillard and i think even bringing in a guy like carmelo anthony mm -hmm. a really mature veteran presence i think these type of things have brought this team together even closer. So even though the wins aren't coming the way that they had anticipated, it didn't break this team. 
it, it hasn't broken them. And I think that's why even when people ask them about, do you think you're a playoff team? Do you think you can do this or that and the other? They kind of laugh at it and brush us off like that's the most ridiculous question to ask us because we're, we're in it together. And so even, even the uh, Kobe Bryant um, death was kind of another thing that has happened that they've had to band together to get through. So uh, I've been really impressed with this team. And through the trials and tribulations of the season, primarily through injuries, and how they've been able to react to it and respond and still be united, it's impressive because this could have broken a team. Yeah, and a lot of teams that would have. Yeah, and it hasn't for this team. So that makes me optimistic for the future, especially with Damian Lillard leading not, this team. Not only could it have just broken them, but you could have guys going out there just trying to get theirs at yeah. this point. Like Carmelo yeah. Anthony wants to play beyond – this season. Yep. Trevor Arisa, he doesn't know exactly what his future is going to be. He wants to prove he still belongs in the NBA and belongs to be a valuable player. You could have thing Hassan yeah. Whiteside, contract year. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent. So you have guys trying to go out there and get their own, and I haven't really seen that this year. Such a good point. All right, last question from Jana Cooley. Is Nurk likely to return this season? I, I still think so. Let's put a number on it. One to t like one okay. is no, he's not. Ten, absolutely. What number would you guys put on him returning? I'm right in the middle right yeah, now. I'm a five. Dude. I'll push it just over to a six. I mean, because the setback was a calf strain. I can't imagine that <sighs> that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season. Unless things just fall apart and the Blazers decide it's best to just wait until next season, I still think I'll, I'll go with a six. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in the middle on this one, man. And until we see a hype video again coming from the team, <laughs> right. like that's kind of where my head is right. at. Yeah. I, I, and maybe that's just me being negative yeah. or you know, jaded by the business or whatever, but whenever we stop hearing stuff, it makes me a little apprehensive. So, yeah, put, put me down at a five, but this is something you've mentioned over and over, and it would be, it would be great to get him out there yeah. just to get some reps in to – Feel what it's like to be in a game again, yep. to get over the mental, the psychological, the emotional things that are going to happen to him when he yeah. gets out there in a real game. And, I mean, even just ten games probably won't be enough for him to get over whatever no. he's going to have to get over, but at least it's a start. But it's, it's better start. than having it's to wait start. an entire exactly. offseason. Exactly. It's a start to getting there. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's listener questions for today. Remember, Ooh. you can uh, tweet at us anytime you want questions. We will answer them in the next podcast. You can find me at Jared Cowley. At Orlando KGW. At Enhans underscore KGW. And I am at Max and Barr. And now, who's ready to rip it? Let's I'm go. ready. Let's go. Woo! Great to be back with another week of Rip It. Orlando's not happy to be back, man. Yeah, you hate <laughs> to see it. You hate to see it. Why? I see the one at the bottom there. He, he looked right at the Rip It standings, oh. and uh, oh. he, he sees himself at the bottom looking oh. up and looking, like, way up. It's, not it's a good steep feeling, above man. him. Man, be like Dame and just believe that it's never over. <sighs> Come on, Orlando. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to power through. You know we're one. rooting for each other. Yes, No that's rooting true. for Nate. Yeah, we are rooting for each other. That is Nate's fast. got his cheering crew from... 
Revan Romulus and his kids. <laughs> yeah. We're going to root I for got, each other. I got, yes. the, I got Matthew's household on my side. <laughs> well, Jared took home a win last week. He did. He it, was, it was a good moment. Wild game. I think Or- saw Orlando jump out of his seat and Nate was throwing <laughs> pies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think Orlando was more excited about Jared winning than Jared <laughs> oh, was. I agree wholeheartedly, yeah. man. <laughs> and I was furious. The emotion was real, dude. <laughs> it was really emotional in here. Will Jared's momentum continue? Let's find out how you guys did last week in the All-Star edition of Rip It. Oh, man. So we're going back to the Rising Stars game for the first question, which I was who, which team will win, Team U.S. or Team World? I still don't even know who won. My who wow. we picked. Wow. Yeah. You're breaking some news here, That's man. That's impressive. Uh, Nate and Orlando went with Team U.S. Well, hopefully Team U.S. won. Jared, you went with Team World. And Team U.S. got the W. Yeah, there we go. 151 Or- to 131. Ooh. Orlando and I are on the board, baby. I need to have more patriotism, apparently. <laughs> Next question was from All-Star Saturday Night. Who will win the three-point contest? Jared, you picked Dame's replacement, Devin Booker. Orlando, you doubled down on Buddy Heald after you picked him last year. Mm. And Nate, you picked Charlotte's Devontae Graham. And this was a spectacular three-point contest. It was awesome. It came down to one shot at the end. Buddy Heald made it in the finals, made the money ball to beat Devin Booker by one. Oh, 27-26. And my heart sank. At the buzzer. Yeah, man. I don't know this as fact, but I swear he looked over at the TV and said, rip it, baby. (laughs) Rip it. Orlando, like, rubbed it in a little bit on Twitter, too. Sent it on over Jared's way. (laughs) I I was well aware I didn't need your tweet. (laughs) I was glad because I was completely unaware. And when I saw Devontae Graham wasn't, Either the one shooting or the one with the name on the display. I was like, oh, well, yep. I'm not even close here. It's a lot easier to just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yep. Yeah, Graham didn't make it to the finals. Next question was who will win the All-Star game, Team LeBron or Team Giannis? Jared picked Team Giannis Ouch, man. In, a, in a pick that shocked Nate. Orlando, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Orlando and Nate picked Team LeBron, and this – you guys talked about it at the top of the podcast. Spectacular fourth quarter with the target score ending. Uh, Orlando and I were watching it, both it aware so of what was on the line for, for Rip It. <laughs> That's right. You guys both worked on something. <laughs> yeah. Because Team Giannis was up by, was it eight or ten points yeah. going into the fourth? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Team LeBron, they had to sco- outscore them by ten to get the victory, and they got it 157 to 155. Um, so Nate and Orlando got that one. Orlando, man, you're you're cooking here. That's I three, am, man. man. Three for I three, am. man. Maybe we focus on all stars. You'll win. At that point, I enjoyed that fourth quarter so much that I was, I was good. I was happy for Orlando. That's all that mattered anymore. So. <laughs> it, it it wasn't like uh, Jordan Poole getting a layup at or not laying oh. it up at the end during Dame's sixty-one oh. point game. I kind of knew that, like, depending on the result of the All Star game, it was either going to be a tie or Orlando was going to win and so I was rooting for both so either way I was happy okay I will say watching that game uh, I kind of forgot about rip it which shows you how wow, much fun you, it was you were yeah. really invested I, I, I was really, it was really fun yeah, yeah it that was fourth quarter was awesome it was yeah the fourth quarter it was it was commercial free also yeah which was Good cool point. and it took about 42 minutes <laughs> from start to finish so it was it was a lot. Dame even jokingly said today at practice, he was like, if I was in there, that game would have ended a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that several times. Yeah, you did. You even brought it up, man. 
I was wondering how much he would have actually played in the fourth quarter because Chris Paul, who's buddies with LeBron, was out there a lot. But it would have been cool to see Lillard out there. And if Dame hadn't been hurt, I would have picked Team U- or Team LeBron. Oh, man. Always go with Team LeBron. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next question was, will the All-Star Game MVP come from a player from the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference? And it was Kawhi Leonard. All right. From the Western Conference, Nate and Orlando got that one again. You guys kind of <laughs> matched. Jared, you're having a really I rough think, outing I think here. I went for zero. You, you, all you still don't have anything, man. Jared, you thought it was going to be Giannis, who yeah. would have had a shot yeah. if his team had won. Yeah. yeah. And the wild card question. Oh, please, for the week. please say Orlando and I pick something different. Oh, on this. Got will win wild card. the slam dunk contest. Oh uh, no! Okay, there we go. There we go. Now, this was. This was highly. I got robbed. Yeah. I got robbed. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. No, I got robbed. I got Let's robbed. Go. Let's go. Nate is upset because he picked Aaron Gordon. <laughs> oh, you totally got robbed. I got yeah. robbed. He said, "This is where I win." Rip it. Victor. Oh no. <laughs> Orlando and Jared, however, both picked Dwight Howard, Man. who stunk up the joint. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just was it moving was at terrible. half speed. Yep. It was wild, but Derek Jones Jr. won. You know, like I said, highly controversial finish. So nobody got that one. Yeah, but this doesn't count for anything. But do you remember who I said my dark horse was? Was it Derek Jones? It was, it Derek, was Derek Jones, Jones Jr. Jr. It counts for nothing, but, you know, yeah. I'll give myself a little pat on And the shout back. out to Pat Connaughton, who, who was, I thought was really good. Yeah, he was yeah. good. Even though he didn't he advance. He was fun. Oh, so, man. you know, you guys know what that means. Orlando oh has one yes. rip it yes. four oh, out of five. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Nate, right behind him, three out of five. Yeah, good job. Jared, it's hard to for five, a goose egg, <laughs> wow. following a victory, which seems to happen a lot to everybody in yeah. these days. I can't, well, except for me. I'm always in the hunt every week. <laughs> I'm always in it to the last question. This was my I got favorite, robbed. This was my favorite goose egg ever. I'd like to thank uh, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. For this victory, yeah, he I got. That's you. who gave it to you. He yeah. screwed up that yep. judging. <laughs> I got hosed, man. We yeah. should have been tied. You should still be at the cellar at one rip Flash, and win. Baby. So we are Flash at, that one to we are two, now baby. at Nate five, and Orlando and I both have two. For what it's worth, we're coming for you, man. Yep. Yep. For what it's worth, if you guys just keep splitting wins the rest of the way, I don't know if we're gonna have enough yeah, rip and wins we'll for you guys to actually catch me. Weeks here, yeah, man. but so. this is just another example of what a fine line it is between a rip-it win yeah. and a rip-it loss. This is just like Jokic with that one-legged three at the shot clock. Yeah, that like got Jordan me two Poole questions. I had, it, I had a goose egg, but I was this close to winning the three-point question. Yeah. I was this close to winning the MVP question and the Team Giannis question. Exactly right. And even Team World and the rookie, or whatever they call that Rising thing. stars. They were leading for most they of the game. They were leading for yeah. most of the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a big just – Collapse, no show in the fourth quarter. All wow. right. This is why he's the one and only Max Bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. see? There yeah. you go. Well, what, maybe if I had won that one, I would have earned the one and only Nate Hansen status. <laughs> Got a long way to go, stole man. stole that one over you there. Well, <laughs> let's see if it happens this week. We're diving right in to Blazers versus Pelicans. First question for this game, which team will shoot a better field goal percentage in the game? Jared, start us off here. Uh, give me the Pelicans. Okay, Orlando, what do you think? Lots of layups for the Pelicans, so I'm going to take the Pelicans. Yeah, let's make that a let's sweep make it? it a clean sweep there. All right. Speaking of layups, over oh. under 24 points for Zion Williams. Oh, he raised it by like he raised it from the last. Well, last time. time it was 20, and he got yep. a career high. Yeah. He's since eclipsed that career high. Over under 24. 24 points. Mm. 
What's it going to be? Jared, you were the only one who got it right last time, I, I believe. Nate, what do you think? Let's go under again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh. Orlando? I'm going under as well. Oh, oh yeah. Man. We're not the learning Jared. our lesson, the, baby. The, the tape is out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the the reason's coming for him now. <laughs> I am so, so going over. Oh, oh come on. It's Zion, people. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I, if I had picked the under, I would be terrified. I wouldn't even <laughs> I, watch the game. I, I still <laughs> am terrified. <laughs> All right. Next one, Blazers versus Pistons. The question here is, who will make the most three-pointers? Gary Trent Jr., Langston Galloway. Now we're getting into those eighth men for the Pistons. Or <laughs> Svi Mikhailuk. Oh, mm, man. Mikhailuk. Good job on that pronunciation Thank you. I hope I got that name. right. Nobody knows if you did or not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ooh. so Ooh. what do we what do we think? Can you pick him if we had a if we had like five random NBA players like end of bench NBA players and he was one of them? Would you be able to pick him out of a standing group? <laughs> no, no, not at all. What do you guys think? We're going let's, deep let's in start the barrel. With Orlando here. Oh man, I'll take Gary Trent Jr. Man. Okay, I'll take the Blazer. Jared, Svi Mikhailuk. Okay, nice. Let's hey. go with old Langston. Why not, Love man? I like it. it. Three like different it. Everybody's answers. Good. Moving on to Blazers versus Celtics. Who will score the most points? C.J. McCollum. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Jason Tatum. Ooh. Kemba Walker. Oh, whoa. Or Jalen Brown. It's all the heavyweights, oh, wow. man. Four choices. Yeah. It's all the um, heavyweights. I'm going to get my answer in quickly. It's C.J. Ooh. Orlando, we know you're not picking C.J. <laughs> or have you come back around to the Christian James, to McCollum Cove, as I'm we called it last week? I'm still bitter, dude. Still bitter. We'll, we'll give it another week or so before. Which I, Celtic before are you going to pick then? Kemba. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nate? That's who I wanted to pick. Mm. Still pick him. Yeah. 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 Let's go with Kemba. All right. Wild card question time. This is a first-time question. Whoa. Rip it, I believe. Something new. Okay. Which team, Pelicans, Pistons, or Celtics, will the Blazers make the most three-pointers against? Whoa. Oh, man, that's tough. Not talking about percentage here. We're just talking about most made Makes. threes. Who wants to start us off here? I will. I'll take the Pistons. Okay. Jared? Pelicans. Orlando? Oh, I'm taking Pistons as well. That, okay. You're wearing that jersey for a reason. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> bang, bang. He's going to drop like 30 yep. on Detroit. Yep. 33s? 33s, <laughs> 90 points. Anthony Simons. All right, guys, that wraps up another <laughs> week of Rip It. Well, now I'm looking for 90 points. From, I'm going to be disappointed if I go and get 90 from Anthony. <laughs> hey, guys, don't forget to go find 3-on-3 three three Blazers wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. Leave us, leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you think. Thank you for listening. Oh, man. I can't believe you won, Orlando. We were making fun of you because you were at the bottom of the standings. Good to be back, baby.